0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the human experience podcast. I hope you guys are doing great today. If you're not in a Facebook group yet, get your butt over to Lead, Sell, Grow, the human experience mastermind so I can connect with you, chat with you, and uh, just get to know you a little bit better. It's always good to know who's out here listening. Um, today I got a really good guest with me and, and I met Kamal in Jamaica. So a couple, I think it was a month ago or so. Yeah, about that. About a month ago we got to speak. Both of us spoke on stage. Kamal's a guru when it comes to digital marketing and SEO and all that fun. That that whole world. I mean, the the what he's built is amazing. But I had a chance to sit with him in between speeches and just chat. And what I realized was that Kamal isn't just a digital marketing guru. He's like a serial entrepreneur, investor in real estate, travels all over the world, very well known, and has built some great companies. So I'm like, dude, you got to come on my podcast, man. Please come on. I want to pick your brain. And so here he is with me today. He is the CEO of Digital Global Group of Companies, and he's a catalyst for positive change. Kamal, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much, Eric. I appreciate it. Just
1: one thing—it's Digita, the Digita Global Group of Companies. It's not digital. No, no. that's that. Um, so what you call it? Um, autocorrect always does that. <laughs> oh man, my bad. <laughs> no sweat. No sweat. No sweat, right? Digita, without yeah, the L. Yeah. So that's to help us rank up in SEO, you know, and it's worked beautifully. Hold on. Why does
0: that help you rank up in SEO?
1: Oh, you know, just in terms of digital marketing, digital transformation, if you have that at the line item of your name, you know, the first word it's very logical, right? <laughs> you're gonna, <laughs> You're going to, you know, gonna spike up with all the different meta tags, et cetera. But yeah, it was just a simple organic um, choice. I had a ton of names, but you know, and then, yeah, so the company, yeah, the marketing company came first. And then I was just like, I think I like the digital global group, digital properties, digital ventures. Digital finance, digital
0: foundation. I was like, hey, let me just continue, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, come on, you're you're a young, you're a young guy, man. I mean, maybe your energy is just young. I don't know. But you just have this awesome vibe. I loved hanging out with you. Likewise, likewise. We gotta get a drink next time you come, or if I come to you. I quit drinking, man. I'll have a club soda, but we'll I'll have, have some club lemonade. Soda line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but let me ask you, how did you get started? Isn't like, tell me about your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. Like where were you before? And then how did like your first company, how did you have the idea for it?
1: Sure. So my mom met my dad and then they had me, let me stop. Um, so, can
0: so you go uh, into yeah. detail about that, well, to, the,
1: to, the, to the, <laughs> the beginning, you know? Um, so yeah, so really, realistically speaking, I, I see myself now, at least as a serial entrepreneur, I see myself as a catalyst for positive impact because you can have impact, but it doesn't have to be positive. But the genesis of my story is really, um, you know, it starts when I was a child. Um, You know, my dad is a small businessman. He has a business. He's a custom broker. So when you live in an import-based economy like Jamaica, custom brokers help you to bring in products, clear it for you, cars whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. um, So that you can pay the respective taxes and duties domestically, and then you get the product. Right. So he built that company and I was always around him. And I, I remember vividly one day I was at his office and next door, there's a mechanic shop. And the mechanic had these, I went in there, I'm like six, seven, somewhere on there. And he had these metal balls and I saw them and I was like, yo, these look like marbles. All right? So I said, I asked him, could you bag these up for me? um you know just every week and i took it to school and i sold them on a playground
0: (laughs) just metal balls
1: (laughs) yeah just these metal balls because they looked like marbles um the ball bearings is what it was right and so um that's kind of like the genesis of me becoming an entrepreneur if you will um which is essentially uh, my definition is essentially you know looking for opportunity and finding some catalyst or some way to kind of convert that to you know something that people want in a very simple way entrepreneurship is creating opportunities for something that people want right um if you don't if you create something that people don't want you you fail <laughs> which is important right it's important to learn but you will if you keep doing it you're going to fail forever right so yes yeah, so i sold them on the playground and we used to travel to um florida like every year and my dad would always give my sisters money but this year i had my own money i had like 70 us after my my, um, you know, my, uh, metal, my, my marble business, if you will, then it expanded to pens and things. But anyways, I had 70 us and I was like, yeah, my dad didn't need need to give me any money. Um, this time my sisters got money, et cetera, et cetera. And when I went abroad, I did like the best investment that my eight, nine-year-old mind could you know come up with. I bought some Pokemon cards, right? So (laughs) I don't know where those cards are now, but pretty much that was like the Genesis of me kind of seeing that one, I was kind of wired a little differently looking back Looking retrospectively, I can see I was wired a little differently. Like, I just always saw these things. It moved into me. You know, we moved to Florida. And, um, you know, my mom and my dad had separated. And it was kind of tough on my mom. I was kind of selling um, snacks and stuff at school. Like, I was like, look, you know, whatever it is, doing that type of thing. Just always looking for opportunities to kind of make an extra buck um, to kind of ensure that, you know, I had a little, a little backup cash in case of anything. And it naturally um, matriculated up when I moved back to Jamaica um you know i went to college here i kind of put myself through college selling laptops on campus once again the import-based economy you can't just go into a store i had like you know a little cheaper price and this was my first opportunity to learn about the impact of the state so when they changed the taxes i was out of business right the government increased the taxes i was out of business i couldn't do it anymore but by then i had gotten a scholarship for my master's i studied political science interestingly in international relations nothing to do with what I'm doing now When I got a scholarship for my master's and that's where I would say my speaking career kind of begun um, I, I started teaching and I realized I love imparting knowledge and um, pretty much did that for two years I would kind of have workshops with my students one away to kind of teach them things in charge so I've just always been doing these little things these little things and, um, pretty much I started, you know, I, I worked with this firm and I kind of saw his model of how he structured talks and he made like 5,000 us a day. So I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. All right? So I was like, man, I can do this. Like I started practicing in the mirror and I was listening to the talks every day. Like, so I'm, a, I'm an aggressive, um, seeker of knowledge. Right. So I like read five articles a day, watch two videos, Jim Rowan, Les Brown, all of the guys, Earl Nightingale, all the the gurus, right? Great. Yeah. Studied, studied them like movements, tonality, everything. And I got my first little break. Um, did it for free. The, the organization I was working at, interestingly, I um, I, I I booked the room out. I did sales. I closed the entire room. It was like a hundred people. I did it by myself because they were gonna fail. And he's like, "Are we gonna fail?" I was like, "Hell no, we're not gonna fail." So I just hit like a thousand calls. I filled the room, and he's like, "What do you want? Commission?" And I was like, "No, I just want an opportunity to speak. That's my that's my." You know, that's my um, commission, if you will. And pretty much I practiced, I did my thing. And then when I went up there, I was, it was in the front taking the registers when people came in. And then when my time came, I went up, absolutely crushed it, man, crushed
0: it. What was the speech?
1: The speech was about um, recruitment using digital something or another. So he's a, he was a recruiter or he's a recruiting, big recruiting agency. And he was like, look, I was like, I'm gonna put a spin on it. Show you how to recruit using digital strategies, blah, 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 blah. And I went in there, I had my jokes ready. So I don't know if you know, like, you know, some people like to fix up their CVs to sound pretty dope, right? So one of the jokes I had was, you know, I was like, can anybody tell me what an underwater ceramics technician is?
0: (laughs) Do you know what that is? Probably a plumber?
1: No, it's a dishwasher. But it sounds funny, right? (laughs) That was
0: close. (laughs) Yeah,
1: underwater ceramics technician, right? So I had a joke like that and people loved it. So I just kind of did that. And the, the person approached me, like five people approached me after and they're like, hey, we would love if you would give a talk. Organization and that pretty much that launched me. I've been to 35 countries now, giving talks. I've delivered over maybe 250, even though that's not my core entrepreneur business anymore. Um it's something I'm really passionate about. But that organization led me to kind of looking into digital transformation. A friend of mine who kind of did some um, you know, some kind of consulting for him, and I started just going deep into digital, taking courses in the night, reading five articles a day. Cause I, I believe in Earl Nightingale's whole thesis that, you know, if you read a book a month on your desired topic, you're going to be an expert in one year. I did it in like eight. So people started calling me the expert. I read everything prolifically, right? And so I could quote statistics off the top of my head. I was just like deep. And then when I left that organization, um, I pretty much founded Digital Global Marketing with 300 US dollars. I got our first deal. It was like a logo project to do a logo. I gave 50% to the designer. I took 50% of registered the company. That guy worked for me or worked with me for five years after i started the company and i just we just kind of grew organically and scale now we're ha- now we have 30 people we're actually about to buy a company in new york to merge them and you know the, the rest of the companies came kind of systematically as i grew my vision grew and we just kind of kept kept growing you know we're, we're in the process of just doing a ton of things i just got some properties in panama We're looking to, you know, do a high rise here in Kingston, 15 stories, commercial building. I'm doing 30 units um, in Red Hills, which is a nice area in Jamaica. Um, And yeah, we're just, we're just pushing, man, you know? So that's pretty much the spiel, if you will. In a a five minute, you know, and then a venture company. So we're buying and investing in firms. We have a good pipeline and then finance, finance, money makes money. So (laughs) it makes sense, right? When you say finance, you're lending out money? Yes, microfinance. We're going to do it digitally. But also, um, you know, in terms of like larger deals, like we plan to eventually scale to be able to offer things like mortgages and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we're just taking it one step at a time because of the the demand for microfinance, because Jamaica is very, um, what'd you say? Traditional access to capital. Clearly, there's a there's a, a lot of processes that the typical person might not be able to, you
0: know, sure do
1: have a track record. Our credit system is just coming into tow. And so, a lot of people are undocumented in terms of the banking system. They're not in the formal economy, and so they need, you know, they're mostly cash based. And so, there's a large opportunity there, and a lot of firms are doing well there. And so, logically, we're going to throw our hats in the ring and add
0: a little spice. What does that look like in terms of micro micro digital finance?
1: Oh, this like
0: uh, one of those underwater (laughs) (laughs) porcelain technician things? (laughs) No,
1: no, no, no. So it's essentially it's just that it's just lending um capital. Um, Two persons that might have a business, might have some opportunity that they need to pursue, de-risking it using KYC. Normal process like anything else. It's just Why that. digital. Still... Like,
0: What about it is digital? Are you doing it in crypto? Oh, or... Online.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. it's all online. Okay, like that. You it. know, I'm a crypto guy. Bounce yeah. back. I'm, I'm huddling. You know, I'm huddling. Come on.
0: Come <laughs> you know, on, Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> come on, Bitcoin. <laughs> right, so, you know, but yeah, uh, I'm huddling at the moment. I, I did a ton of stuff, but I know that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, so no, pretty much. No. Yeah, pretty much. Um. It's, it's really lending online and it'll be the first. I think nobody's doing it domestically yet um, in terms of like literally you apply online, KYC is done online, scanning your respective documents for authenticity, the whole process, using AI to kind of look at your risk profile and build something. So, yeah, that's kind of where the direction we're going in. And that company is in its nascency, but we're building,
0: you know. How does that work? Do you use your own capital? Did you get investors or how, how does it work oh. on the back end? So funny story with me. That's a funny story. I mean, funny um, question, and
1: then the timing too, because I don't know. I have a aversion to um, to borrowing without <laughs> um, <laughs> no 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 without clear you know without a clear ROI. So yes, it is my capital in the beginning. So when we list uh, my company, which is the, the DGM, the digital marketing firm, we're listing that in Q2. We're gonna raise around or the value will be around twenty two million US at that time. We're gonna take some of that capital and use that to. Mm fund that initiative um and i'm clear after i kind of i'm going to sell some of my shares to to equivalent to about say 2.5 million us mm-hmm. and um and take it and reinvest it in across the companies that's the plan um, and so we're just we're just in due diligence with, with our brokers at this moment and getting ready to to you know ex- exercise that transaction next year or um, mid next year yeah so so yeah i, I don't have an aversion to debt because there's good debt clearly I'm a, I'm a student of finance. I'm a student of the richest man in Babylon and all the different books and da-da-da-da-da. Um, but I for for certain initiatives, I, I believe in holding equity. And so I don't necessarily just give off equity and take on a ton of debt if it isn't you know servicing itself. That's kind of my model for all the businesses. So DGM, we have no debt. Um, we literally grew organically through the contracts, right? We passed a million US, I think two years ago in in, in um annual revenue. Um, and in a small economy, that's quite an accomplishment. You know what I'm saying?
0: Congratulations.
1: Um, thanks, Congratulations. man. And so yeah, and that one—that's the—that's the third smallest company now because our real estate portfolio is—it's gone, you know, way beyond that. And so yeah, I'm just I'm just you know taking it day by day and trying to be strategic and wise. So we have a ton of debt on the real estate side because that's good debt. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll definitely consider taking debt if it is that the the interest rates and the rates that we're charging, you know, there's enough spread to make it feasible, including you know, salaries, etc. 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 So yeah.
0: Now you know what I love what you said a little bit earlier. You can't you could miss it if you don't pay attention, you could you could miss it. And for you listeners, check this out, especially if you rely on selling anything Mm -hmm. as a way of earning income. So I got this group, it's a coaching group called Relentless Goal Achievers. And uh, three times a week, we hop on a call. Today was a live Q&A and coaching call. And uh, I was speaking with one of our members and the topic of push versus pull selling came in. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges I see entrepreneurs having is that they believe they go to market with what people need. However, people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. Mm -hmm. And earlier when you were speaking, you're like, you got to give people what they want. Because yeah. you know, that's what they'll yeah. they'll buy. If you if you create a product or a solution for something nobody wants, you're gonna fail. Indeed. And it's very subtle because I mean, just think about this. People do re, people really don't buy what they need. If they did, McDonald's wouldn't exist. Indeed. Right? Indeed. Like nobody needs a, a fake meat burger with, you know, <laughs> a sugar milkshake. That's just killing ourselves. But people want it, they crave it, Indeed. they buy what they want. And, and so I really I, kudos to you for using want and not need because that was huge.
1: Oh, respect, man! Most definitely, and I, I concur completely. I think you know if if you needed to tell time, sundials would still work, right? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need luxury watches if you needed to smell good, a bar of soap. But you, so I mean, everything is tied to psychology. Sales is literally psychology, um, just running wild, right? And understanding the human psyche is key to any type of business, but more so sales. If you don't understand the why behind people's motivations, it's almost impossible to sell them something that they want and they might need it too. But as you said, it's really what they want because people sacrifice their needs all the times for their wants, And it seems illogical, but only because the human mind is not very logical. It's emotional. So and true. So it's something that, you know, you just have to kind of think about when you're pursuing any path in business sales or, or even, even personal relationships.
0: So, so true. All right. Well, let me ask you this because to me, based on the, hour we got to spend together and our time now yeah. if i had to assess you you seem like a guy without fear like you get an idea you go for it but i know it's bullshit right like that time, <laughs> i'm sure internally you have the same doubts sometimes and hell yeah hell sometimes yeah like hell yes. can i curse can i say hell yeah
1: yeah that's oh, okay. not a curse. This is oh, a, I'm just, you yeah,
0: know. <laughs> a kid's show. So I you know. don't
1: know. I don't know. I'm just trying to respect your platform. I no, no.
0: It. Human experience. I really want the raw human experience. So you want to curse, curse, man. Um, cool. Cool. But the thing about the reason why I'm asking this is because I, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs that get stuck in their heads mm-hmm. and they don't take that necessary step. You don't do that. How do you overcome it?
1: So, you know, funny, a friend of mine actually told me something about myself. And that's why it's so important to have people around you that are observing you and can identify your traits. My superpowers are two things. One, I have a very small feedback loop, a fair. So when I'm going to do something, some people ruminate in their heads, as you've said, like forever, and then, oh my God, what if this goes wrong? I have a very small window for that. So I take action pretty swift, pretty swiftly. And secondly, I process things very fast and very well. Mm. So a deal comes across my desk. I'm looking at the things that I need to look at. I look at the person clearly, I look at the deals, I look at the fundamental, but I also listen to my gut based on built up experience about what it is that I'm looking at. And I just run the numbers and I say to myself, okay, is there enough safeguards mentally here that I feel okay about this deal? And then I do it. He said to me, Kamal, you don't hesitate. And that's something I love about you. You don't hesitate. Like literally I just bought another um, commercial building and I went to the location. It's not in the greatest location, right? But... I read that the government is revitalizing, building their new kind of Congress, what you'd call their Congress building there, right? And I'm like, well, this thing is like two-year pipeline. If I get it super cheap here, it's going to like triple by the time this thing is done. So I'm like, I just calculate. I ask the realtor a couple of questions. I ask a few other people a couple of questions. I get the information I need. And then I just move. I send the offer and I'm like, boom, locked it in. And now the contract is there to be signed. My lawyer's like kind of going through it and just like, you know, dotting the I's. So, one, you got to have a great team around you, all right, to be able to move very agile. I really don't believe in hesitation. But of course, there's always anxiety. I mean, one of the things with real estate, they always tell you, you know, you're asset rich and cash poor. So sometimes you're like, man, should I really, I'm gonna be broke if I do this deal. But you're like, eh, you have to trust yourself. And don't get me wrong, there's always doubt. Um, I don't really believe in imposter syndrome per se. I just think it's, you know, self-doubt because you just don't know your true potential as yet. Um, Because I don't think there's any such thing as an imposter, unless you're really an imposter. (laughs) I think once you are on a path, you're just, um, you know, not at your goal yet. You know what I'm saying? And so the confidence will come. But I, I I heard this thing online and it says, you know, you don't get confidence from screaming affirmations in the mirror. You get it by having undeniable proof behind your name. So it's always that first deal. Once you do that first deal, you're like, oh my god, or the first million, right? You're like, oh, I did it, so I can do it again, and you kind of build your track record. Now, now, Marky, you have to be careful about your internal bias as well, because you have to be self aware to know that, don't get cocky, don't get arrogant, still run through the process of the data, don't just jump on something, you know, because there is such a thing as you know, um, being. Um, I mean, failing when you're big. People say, you know, it's too big to fail, but you can fail when you're big. And so you just have to be prudent in all your decisions. I'm a student of delayed gratification. So I've learned a lot and I followed the books and I followed the readings and I've also internalized and kind of reflected and ideated of my own volition and be like, these are what I believe to be the principles of life. These are what I believe to be the principles of success. And once you have your principles behind you, you have way less of a feedback loop because you've already solved for X. You're just seeing if this matches the equation. If you get me right, this thing in front of you doesn't match your equation because you've already kind of solved for X and there's anxiety. Like, Oh my God, I don't have any kids yet. Damn. Who am I leaving all these things to? You know what I'm saying? There's those types of anxiety. There's anxiety. Like, Oh my God, am I going too hard? Am I following up too much on particular deals? There's anxiety. Like, am I making the right choice here? What about, I want to buy some more land instead of this property. What, What am I doing? You know, there's always these, there's always things rotating in your head, but you have to trust yourself beyond anything that you're making the right decision you've done the work, you've done the research and also the fact that money is actually unlimited. It's just that you have to find a channel to weave in and tap into it and then you can access new opportunities. So I kind of live from a spectrum of um, what I call the limitless mind. Um, And it speaks to the fact that I really do believe I can do anything. Um, If I did, apart from learning languages, listen, man, that's my weakness. That's my weakness. Like I've tried, I just need that chip to come where I can just plug it in my head and I'm good. Like I'm done with the language thing. Outside of that, I pretty much feel as though I can um learn or do anything. And of course, it might be a delusion, but it's a positive delusion,
0: right? I love it that delusion. Me.
1: Yeah, at least it equips me with the, with the confidence to go at things with a, with a fervor and a vigor and a desire to actually win, you know? And I think everything is the mind. Mind equals matter. I don't think it's mind over matter. It's one of my quotes. I think mind equals matter. And if you believe in yourself and really back it up with the work, so you can't just believe like, I believe in myself. Like, yeah, it's like, no, go read like 10 books, go talk to 15 people, go do your first little deal, go start the business, register it, talk to 20 people, hundred people, find out if they want what you're selling, you know, and just kind of build your acumen through action. I feel like if you're not acting, if you're sitting there and thinking, that's the problem. Because when I get an idea, like you said, I'm like, hmm. So for example, I just bought a, we're doing a co-working space. I think I'll show you the pictures when we had.
0: Yeah. It looked uh, really nice.
1: And I was like, I went into the unit. I was buying one. Then an idea came in my head. <gasps> buy two, man. <laughs> buy two buildings. Buy two of the units in the building. I'm like, I'm going to buy two. In the... I ran the numbers. I didn't know what I was going to do with them yet. I came up with an idea like, oh, ideate and then create. Huh. I wonder if this will work. But I looked at the fundamentals of the deal. If I bought the buildings and sold three months after, I would have made 30% on each, All right? So if I, if this idea to come, if, if the two things I'd said, okay, I don't want to build it anymore. I don't want to build it out. I could sell it and still make a profit. My capital safe. I just got valuations on those properties. They're 30% more than what I paid for them in the span of like eight months now. Nice. So I always try to buffer anything that I'm doing. I try to think, cause don't lose money. Number one rule of investing. Right, don't lose money. And I've lost money. Clearly, crypto, I'm suffering. Right. I put house money in crypto. I put uh, like 350,000 US in crypto. I was yeah. greedy. And now I'm um, but it's fine because it was money that you I could lose. Back. But I, I still believe in the, the, the I still believe in um the blockchain. I still believe in you know the future of technology. Being a digital transformation guy, I'm very keen on what the future holds. But but yeah, to answer your question, I just kind of eliminate my feedback loop. I try as best as possible to get the best information around me, talk to people. I might talk to 15 people. Immediately, I get off a deal, I call, I'm like, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Give me your thoughts. Because I know that I don't have a monopoly on wisdom. And so I got to have a dream team around my around me, whether my internal people or my external people or my board of directors, or just mentors and people I know, I just call them like, hey, what do you think? And I crowdsource enough data, crunch it cognitively, and I make a decision. Pretty much Love that's that.
0: my All point. right, but yeah. this is you now after like years of being an entrepreneur that wasn't you when you sold the logo for whatever and paid 50%, right? Like right now you're here, uh, but, but talk, talk to me about that, Kamal, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is he was very keen on personal development. He was very keen on principles. I'm a big guy about honor. I keep my word and keep my commitments point blank. You realize we didn't have to follow up about this.
0: Right. Why would we?
1: I'm here. No, I'm just saying that's, yeah. that's like, you'd be surprised in the world. That's like, you know, people don't keep their word, but I'm, I'm big on keeping my word. I've always had those traits. But in terms of the business, yeah, I was starting. I was timid. I didn't know what I didn't know. I was, like, selling things way too cheap, right? I was just, like, trying to find customers. I was, you know, I had, like, the smallest little office space. It was, it was my dad, like, part of his office, like, really tiny and, you know, nothing fancy at all, Um, you know, but it was it was where everything started from. I had one computer and myself not my fleet of IMAX and all these things now, right? But it was a journey. I mean, when I think back, it's like, you know, things Steve Jobs always says, you know, you can't connect the dots looking forward, only backwards. Mm-hmm. And I look and I'm like, you know, when the company, I remember the first time I had to let somebody go, I almost cried. <laughs> I almost cried. He was a great guy. He was a great guy, but he just didn't have the skills. So I'm there, I'm like, damn. I'm like, anxiety. Like all of it now, I'm like, oh, COO. Yeah, we're, we're terminating <laughs> It sounds bad, but it's still so messy. Hey, hey, you gotta you gotta make have decisions little, quickly. Decisions quickly, right? But yeah, it was just a journey, and I think you know, um, the difference then is I just didn't have as much information. I didn't understand the importance of team. Tried to do a lot of things myself. That looking back, I would have built a super team way earlier. Um, and he was just you know, Kamal back then was just really a student of trying to find success. I really. I devoured every material, hard things about the hard things. I don't remember all the books I've read. Lean Startup, all of it. I, I devoured these things because I I am humble enough. As much as people say I'm super confident and this and that, I'm humble enough to listen to wisdom. So when I listen to podcasts or I listen to anything, I listen keenly for anything that can help me. Right. I did do my affirmations in the past. I literally have a daily routine with like 20 things on it. Go to the gym at this time. I just followed the best practices of the persons that I wanted to be like. And I found that so I remember I found that it brings you too closer to success or what you deem success, which as Earl Nightingale says, is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So whatever you see success as, I mean, you have to have some steps because our parents, in many cases, did not have the, the blueprint um to give us for the lives that we want, the lives that we wanted. Not necessarily um wealth and all of these things, but just basic things like the lives that we wanted how do we get stability? You know, many things. So I found that knowledge and the pursuit of knowledge has been my greatest tool to win. And Kemal then and Kemal now, the largest difference is I just know more. I just know a lot more. I have a lot more advisors. I started asking myself, what does um, Warren Buffett do offshore? I was like, I'm gonna put my money offshore too. Let me start. All right, I mean, I just kind of just like, amalgamate the information and be like, okay, what's my next step? And there's a guy I love Patrick Bed David. He has a book called Your Five Your Next Five Moves. And it's such a great book, just like Principles from Ray Dalio, excellent pieces of literature that really teach you how to run a business, teach you how to be an individual that is principled and just kind of what it needs to, what you need to kind of win at a high, high level. Like the hypomanic edge, I'm kind of very manic. I'm a manic personality, right? I'm very passionate. I'm very ag- assertive and aggressive with, with goals. Like my bankers, I've like done things that my friend, he runs um like we'd say like the third largest financial house in the Caribbean. He's a good, good friend of mine. And he says, Kamal, you've done some things I've never, I can't do. I don't understand how you do these things. And it's really by just understanding the human element. It's something I've never left out. People are people. Mm-hmm. The highest person, in the, they're people. And if you understand that everyone panders to something, you can kind of, you know, become that person that they want to be around. Because people do business with people that they like. People give favors to people that they like. Fundamentally, likability is a key to believability. Believability is a key to trust. And so if you if you follow that spectrum, it means that you have to be a likable person. So you can't be somebody that's mean and arrogant and you know you treat people poorly. I do treat the the waiter in the same way I treat the CEO. My mom taught me to always treat people with respect. So now I think I had the fundamentals from a value spectrum to kind of win and just an honor spectrum to be the per I am who I say I am. Um, we all do a little bullshitting, clearly. We all do a little, you know, you gotta, but fundamentally I am the person that I say I am. And I think the consistency in that character has brought me to where I am. Even back then, I knew at a point I was like, I'm onto something here. I think I'm gonna be successful. I didn't know I would have where I am, right? I didn't know I'd have so many properties. I didn't know um, you know, that certain things wouldn't wouldn't be bothering to me anymore, like certain bills just would fade away. I didn't know where I was headed, but I did know that. I was going somewhere good because I was following the principles that all these successful people that I listened to every single day were telling me not personally, it was just YouTube. I had no mentors, like in person, it was just YouTube. And, um, I just believed it. And I studied things like, you know, the law of attraction. I studied all these things and kind of said, okay, let me test these things. If, if this guy says, say that I'm going to be wealthy 50 times in the mirror, I was like, let me try it for ninety days. Let me see. Let me just test it. Because I mean, I always say to people, especially when I'm speaking in the crowd, I say, I start my talks just like I said. Everybody looks beautiful today. You're at. Right. I was like, everybody, look, turn to the person next to you and say they look beautiful today. They're having. You're gonna have an amazing time. Something like that, right? Just to kind of break the essence. And then I say, okay, I break the anxiety. Then I say, raise your hand if this. And I look in the crowd. Some people are so resistant. They won't even raise their hand. If I say, raise your hand, you're going to, to raise your hand. If you be, believe you're going to be super successful and a billionaire. They just, and I'm like, I would declare that to the universe, raise my, like, just follow the simple instructions. And I find that resistance is, resistance is one of the main things that holds people back because sometimes it's not the access to information. People are giving you all the information you need to win, but you feel as though, or you're too, uh, what do you call it? You lack the humility to be like, look, I'm going to do whatever is necessary to Mm -hmm. kind of bring this off or bring this across. And I literally, when I'm listening to Les Brown today, if he says, on the TV, if he says, say that it's not over till you win. I'm like, I'm walking in. It's not over till I win. I still say it, right? So, I love it. I believe in that. Like people, look, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And these things work. I tell my team all the time. They probably think I'm trying to mind control them into doing more for the company, but it's just the reality. I, I live it. And it's, it's always like happened like this. So yeah, it's just a different guy. I mean, I had way less, I would say I was confident, but not as confident. I didn't have conflicts with clients yet. I didn't know how to navigate certain things like contracts and, you know, just making the business decisions on a day to day. I was very prudent with finance. Like I didn't buy company shirts till like month number nine, uh, till things were like, you know, I had, I had way more excess than I needed. And, um, and I hired really strategically and slow and smart. I didn't go for the top person. I couldn't afford them just to be pragmatic. I could not afford the top person. And so I hired and trained. And I just took certain steps that progressively um led us, you know, to where we are. And then I realized that, you know, I can't triple down on my business. I gotta kind of diversify for wealth because the books say buy real estate. Funny enough, I'll tell you how my real estate journey started. And let me know if I'm talking too much and you want to kind of cut in, right? Um, I was at a friend's games night and we are playing. Um, rich rich dad, Robert Kiyosaki's um cash flow. We played the physical game. And in the game, the game pretty much said, How you escape the rat race is you need that that rental, the rental yield, and the cash to exceed your your, your mortgages. Something just clicked. The next day I called three realtors. I was like, show me some property. All right. And I bought my first property within Tina and I just kept buying. So because I had cash, I was dumping it in the stock market, you know, interactive brokers I brought in local. And I was just like, this kick. And I just literally called the realtors the next day, moved on it. That's what I mean when I say I don't have that feedback. If it makes sense and I can see the principles, and that's the thing, I think, because all the books I read, I kind of see the principles very clearly when I pick, when I pick up something the first time. Mm-hmm. And once it made sense, I literally just started buying property and, and the rest is history. You know, Now we're building, which is the next, va- next step up in the value chain. You know, I'm done buying other people's stuff. Um, at least locally, I'm now building to sell to others,
0: you know? Love it. So let me ask you something. You said you have 20 things that you do daily. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. Like what's your personal development time look like now? Like how do you, and after that, I'd like to learn a little bit more about how you set goals and achieve them. Like what processes you have for that?
1: Sure. So my daily routine, I have a morning list. Then I have a midday list then I have a night list. So my morning list, I'll just read it quickly. Yeah, go ahead. you don't mind. So meditate till I feel centered. Pray to the universe and my ancestors. Go outside, feel the ground under my toe and give thanks for the day. Feed Kona, which is my my, my baby, my Akita puppy. I, I showed you her pictures, I think, as oh, well. beautiful, yeah. Well, oh, thank you. Stretch, take vitamins, drink a glass of water, brush my teeth, recite my daily affirmations, recite Desert I don't know if you know that poem, but I love it. What Desiderata. is it? Desiderata. It's a poem. I don't know. Check it out. It's really great. How Can do you I re- pronounce it? Um, Desider- So I'll spell it D E S I D E RATA. <laughs> so Desiderata. You Google it; it's a very popular poem. But I recite it from heart every morning. I know it by heart. Um, because it's such a great poem. Is it long? Um, reasonably. Okay. Uh, I mean, reasonably. But um, so read daily Stoic. So I'm a big Stoic. So I read the Daily Stoic every day. It has a meditation. Then I read my daily reminders which is a separate list. So now it goes into like my separate lists. Um, Then I chime in at my company, um, review my goals, write in my self-love journal, write in my reflections journal, write in my gratitude diary.
0: So I get up at like Hold on. All right. You got three different journals that you write in every single day? Yeah. What what does that look like?
1: Oh, it's like two lines. It could be two lines. It could be a sentence. It could be if I'm inspired, a paragraph. Okay. It really depends on just where I am in my journey in that day. You know? And I'll read one to you from each if you want at the end of yeah, this. Yeah, I'd love to. So, so write in my meditations and life journal. That's my quotes. I just come up with things um, daily. I just pop up. Quotes just come to me and I write them down. My own original quotes. Then I read the self-love. Well, the 15th of the month, I only I let delegate certain things to dates. I read my um, self-love fundamentals. I read my living purposeful checklist on Mondays. There's a whole little system, right? Then I complete my workout routine. I do my sen- sentence completion exercises from a great book called The Pit, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. I encourage everyone to, to read that book. Um, then I have a light breakfast, cereal, fruit, or, sh- or shake. I message my mom and sister. This is
0: before breakfast? <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get up mad early, like six o'clock and just hammer through. I finish, my, like, I finish this list by 7.30 most times. Um, return the messages on my phone, review Slack and my emails, and then win the morning. That's my last little morning thing. And then my midday, I send encouraging messages to three friends, do 50 push push-ups. On Mondays, I listen to motivational content. On Tuesdays, I listen to relationship content. On on Wednesdays, I listen to wholesomeness content. Thursday, business. Friday, technology content. Um, And then evenings now, brush my teeth, do a little face routine. I look kind of razzle-dazzle right now, but rough rather, I should say. And then I write in my daily journal before bedtime, say a prayer and give thanks. And then I get to bed by 11.00 and then I win the night that's the last tick that I got to tick off so like an example of my um my meditations on life is something like this beyond the so July 13th I date them so I have like a book of like probably 1500 quotes at this point i need to turn it into something right so July 13th it was beyond the lookout for the things that cost you very little but give you everything um i also wrote on July 13th if you live a conflict free life you've lived no life at all the capacity to prudently manage conflict is mastery And then before that, I'll write something like, if you run away from hard work, a hard life will find you. Um, Just because someone says it's true doesn't mean it is, but it can be made to be true. We don't pursue growth to feel better than we pursue it to be better. Pain can only exist in comparison. Things like this. I just get them. And so these aren't done daily. It's whenever I get inspiration. It just kind of comes to me. So I have one that's like, you know, if you don't go beyond your doubts and limitations, who will? Most of us want to achieve our full potential because we let emotions dictate areas of our lives where logic and rationality are needed. Reframe attacks as feedback, reframe criticisms as wisdom. Reframe overwhelmed as I need a new approach. Reframe hurt as what I am, as what is as what am I rejecting in this teaching? Reframe hurt as what am I rejecting in this teaching? Reframe I can't as I must. Change your mind, change your life. So these thoughts just come to me and I just jot them down. And then yeah, so I don't know if you can see, but these are the lists that correspond to. The actual, so this is the routine list, and these are the lists that correspond to those elements. the The journals, the all of that jazz, and you know, a gratitude journal could be like, "I'm happy for my bed. I'm happy for my watch. I whatever That's I feel." is important bed,
0: for you to do that.
1: Now, because um, if you don't, if you're not grateful, the universe will not give you more. I always tell people, haters will always be broke. Right? If you hate on somebody, you're telling the universe, "I don't want this thing." So, anytime I see somebody, something I want, jet a boat. I'm like, Oh, I love your boat. I love this. It's amazing. (laughs) Can I check it out? Like, that's my attitude. I don't, I don't believe in envy because what you're doing is rejecting the universe's will for you, right? If you want something, you got to praise it. You got to be like, this is great. Uh, you know, I I love this. That's how you got to kind of approach life. At least that's how I approach life. And, um, I found it to be rewarding, um, both from a perspective of you know, the things actually come into your life. But when they come into your life, you're more grateful because you know you willed it into existence, right? So, yeah.
0: Love it. Yeah. Love it. Come on. This is awesome, my man. I appreciate you sharing your morning routine. Um, what's next for you? What's next? Yeah.
1: Oh, a billion US. I'm just kidding. Um, I hope so. Uh, I'm definitely working towards it. Now, what's next? I mean, I'm going to Portugal um, in October. I was telling you before we started, I'm giving, not Portugal, my bad, Turkey. Yep. I'm going to Turkey. I've been to, I've been to Portugal, Uh, the same organization that invited me to Portugal is inviting me to Turkey um, to give a talk on, I think, digital innovation uh, in in cities, for sustainable cities, something of that nature. Um, And outside of that, as I said, we're listing the company next year. We're in acquisition mode. We're buying other companies. We're buying more property. We're about to um, break ground on our development. And I just, I just foresee, and of course a family, I'm trying to catch up with you, you know, Uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, you know, definitely trying to settle down because I've, I've kind of reached a level now where I feel as though I'm okay. Not not con- I'm content, but I'm still ambitious, but I feel as though, okay, I have a firm foundation. You know, I can I can kind of pursue that aspect of the life now because I, one of the things that I, I neglected to say, it's a lot of sacrifice, man. To get, you know, extraordinary results, not only do you have to try to be an extraordinary person, but there's a lot of trade-offs because there's an opportunity cost for everything. Right. And um, it was just really, really hard. Right. So it's not all it's not all beauty. And there's moments where, you know, it's blood, sweat and tears, just like people say. And it's really difficult. And you doubt yourself. You think you're going to fail and you're about to give up and you kind of encourage yourself. And um, I've kind of realized that. Where I am today, because of the person I am today, failure won't really be at my door for any long period. So I'll fail at exploits. But because of the person I've become, it's just like um sales god. Um oh my god, what is his name? Brian Tracy. He says the first million is hard, but the second million is inevitable. All right. And that's how I kind of feel in just life in general, you know. Um now. And yeah, so what's next is pretty much that, man. Hopefully you'll invite me on your podcast again if if you know I'm worthy. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, you know, all that the universe has in store for me, all that my intentions have in store for me. And as far as goal setting, I neglected that one. As far as goal setting, you just set smart goals. I have them on my desktop. Um, Every year I review my goal list and um, I have something, I have a quote. Let me just scroll over to it. Uh, So I have two things. I have like four things on my, I'm a list guy, right? So I have my get to do list. That's the thing. I don't have a to-do list. I have a get to do because that one changes things. Then I have uh, my daily reminders. And it's something that Andrew Andrew Tate's dad said. I just think it's so cool. He said, my unmatched perspicacity coupled with my sheer indefiagability makes me a feared opponent in any realm of human endeavor. And I just think that is like a boss quote. You know what I'm saying? So I have that there and I have, you know, to accept it with without arrogance, to let go of it with indifference, that's Marcus Aurelius. And would you have a great empire, rule over yourself, um, that's Cyrus. And, you know, different little things. I just keep on my little my little um, screen there to just kind of ground me one, but, uh, but, you know, push me forward. So the goals are there, how much I want to earn. They're emotional. I read my daily goal list as well from the phone. They're emotional goals, fiscal goals, family goals, relationship goals. They're all broken down into six components. And then they're subsets of same with timelines. Um, it's a little od because I, as I said, I'm a manic person, right? Um, I know my, you know, when I when I heard when I heard about the book, the hypomanic edge, I was I felt heard because you know sometimes you're a little more than most people can take sometimes. Um, but I read the book, I was oh my god, this is me. I'm I, somebody's out there like me, you know.
0: That's funny. Um, Let me ask you really quick about smart goals. Uh, sure. So specific, measurable, attainable. Mm-hmm. What's the R?
1: The R realistic.
0: <laughs> and then time okay. bound, right? So I, I have a problem with that. <laughs> the realistic part? Yeah. Yeah, because who's reality? Who's reality? A, a kid from Jamaica isn't supposed to freaking achieve what you've achieved. That's not I, realistic. I agree. I agree. I agree with that too. So Dude, I, I, I hate I, smart goals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my mentor said,
0: my mentor said when you, you know, the the he said when you follow the masses, sometimes yeah. the M is silent. And I, I feel <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> That's good. When we're when we're setting realistic goals, we're mm. kind of looking real we're looking around to the masses to see what's realistic, right? Well, cool. you know, they've they've grown by seven percent last year, so maybe we can grow by seven percent. And oh. we cap ourselves, right?
1: Yeah, I agree, I agree. My realistic is tied to me. So Perfect. for me, um
0: and there's no boundaries, indeed. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So, so everything's realistic. Put up,
1: when, it's funny, it's funny. I put like you know, I put how much I want to earn in stocks this year. I put how much I want to earn in loans this year. I've exceeded the loans already. It's Congrats. only, it's only what is it? Four months left in five months somewhere or there. I I just put it and I keep a little ticker, and so I am there with you. I'm there with you in terms of you know what is realistic or what I don't ask people what my if my goal is realistic. Put it like that. Okay. So I have on my list fifty properties by twenty twenty five. Um, and I'm seeing where I can exceed that right already. So I, I'm always keyed in and I agree completely. Like, you know, you got to have those big, hairy, audacious goals, as they say, that scare you and and force you. If you're somebody with integrity to step up to the plate, to kind of knock it out of the park, you know? Um, so I'm there with you. Yeah. Agreed.
0: All right. Awesome. Um, cool, my man. Is there anything that you wish that I would have asked you that I did not?
1: Um, I mean, no, not really. I can't really think of anything. I mean, um, I'll ask you something. Go for What's it. Has been the most rewarding aspect of your journey thus far?
0: Mm. I mean, the most rewarding has been helping people. Uh everything that I learn, I'm kind of like you in a sense, maybe not to that extent, but this is my journal every morning, you know. Nice. It's uh it's getting written in every day. Excellent. Uh and I got a bunch of those and I take time, you know. I'm a 3 15 in the morning, wake up guy. And that's my time to kind of spend time meditating and praying and journaling and learning and the personal development stuff. But, um, through my coaching practice, being able to, to help others with what I've done or what I've learned, that's probably the most rewarding. Um, and specifically there was one case and I'm glad I'm thanks for asking this, but, um, Specifically, there was one case, A gentleman opened up a like a vitamin shop type of store. It's a retail yeah. store. And he asked me to help him uh, grow it as his coach. Yeah. So I uh, we start working together. Turned out his wife ended up having an affair. So after like 20 oh. years, she's having an affair. He's pissed. She moves out. And anger just took over, man. Like he yeah. was he was yeah. a fireball. And uh, it took probably a couple of weeks, a lot of sessions of working together. And finally, I told him, take your ego out of the way for a second. What do you want? Mm -hmm. He's like, I just want my wife back. And once he came up with that idea that he wanted his wife back, we started working together on forgiveness. Mm -hmm. He ended up forgiving her, seeing how, you know, some of the things that he did may have kind of pushed her outside of the marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they're back. Now they're together happily ever after, man. This has been like five years. He sent me a message saying, because of you, like you, your coaching saved my life. That was like, of all the people I've helped that one's always stood out to me. I don't know. It was uh so what we do is very powerful, you know, learning, yeah. learning how the human mind works, but yeah, man, I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, man. No problem. No problem. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I hope something I said, Add some level of value to somebody listening, you know, um, and, and that's pretty much a goal to give. Um, and um, that's where I see myself in the future, just, you know, positively contributing to society. You said in the beginning, I see myself as a positive catalyst. I really do. I think by coming in contact with me, I at least leave one seed that hopefully will germinate and grow and sprout some lovely fruit for somebody. So I hope, you know, one of your listeners is that person today. I just want to say I thank think you. For they are. Thanks I Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: I think just by being who you are, Kamal, gave people an idea that like, if somebody like you, and by the way, Jamaica, you didn't have a bunch of, you didn't have as many opportunities available to you as we do in the States. Not at all. (laughs) I just live in the States, so I know, yeah, not at all. Yeah, no, the States are full of opportunities and we got people here that are stuck. They're not stuck because of lack of opportunity. They're stuck because of lack of ideas.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so I appreciate you coming on, being who you are, showing what's possible. And if you're listening and there's something you want to take action on, but you're oscillating, meaning you're taking one step forward, two steps (laughs) back, and you're in your head and you're thinking of all the reasons it's not going to work, just go for it. What do you have to lose? At the very worst, you're going to end up exactly where you are now. Indeed. Fail quickly, fail fast, move on. Keep failing, move on. Only takes
1: one. Only takes one.
0: I love it. All right, brother. It was nice. Thank you for being here. Once again, head over to Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Mastermind. I look forward to getting to know you in that group. Bye. Thanks, Eric.